Cast Iron Brains, a podcast that knows that while, as Ben Franklin said, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, prevention is also pretty fucking lame and boring stuff and should largely be written off as a bunch of nagging nanny state bullshit. Cure, on the other hand, now that's exciting. Here, in the aftermath of whatever terrible, once in a hundred years, act of God, holy, unstoppable event, we must never let this happen again. Those who failed us must be held to account. But also, what could we have done, really? Who are we? What power do we imagine we have in the face of the will of the Almighty? Besides, prevention might be cheaper, but why bother when somebody else is picking up the tab on the cure? My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host. That's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah. Here we are. Lori's here, too. How you doing, Lori? I'm fine. Lori's fine. Abe, today is Monday, February 22nd, 2021. The kids today were excitedly watching their watches for 2.22 to happen. Nice. Because then on their watch, it would say 2.22 on 2.22. Right. And I ruined it for them (gasps) by saying, you're a whole year early. No. You got to wait until next year. Right. When it will be 2.22 on 2.22.22. You celebrate both times. That's true, yeah. Anyway, today is the 22nd of February. We are... Going to talk about stuff from like a full week ago, which is always uh, sometimes fun you know thing the news cycles it happens that way. You, you know. get to digest it. Great big fans of Abe, people who are are super fans <laughs> of my co-host, will be doubly disappointed with this conversation because you've already heard all of his monstrously hot takes on some of these topics. If you're a fan of the buffer, I think you're only talking about yourself, Bob. Right. There's not a lot of crossover. I appeal. think you're the That's true. So Abe, you can you can knock off and I'll just edit in your commentary from <laughs> the buffer. <laughs> anyway, one of the most purely like I couldn't get through this Facebook post that this former mayor of Colorado City, Texas posted without laughing out loud at like each additional exclamation point and each like every every piece of it is such a perfect piece of late boomer early gen x internet typing yeah, yes, that yes. it's almost a shame that it has to be spoken out loud it, in this format cuz it should really in its purest form should be consumed as the facebook post right it almost seems like he's following a meme format to, to to write it in such a way to say like i'm doing a thing although i, w- I always wonder if those people my first question is always are they drunk like try to give them some outs no they're not right. although sometimes they are <laughs> There's sometimes so that was watching a lot of the I forget what we were watching this weekend, but I said to Lori, I don't think that I give enough credit to the idea that a whole lot of people are walking around this world supremely fucked up right. was most that, of the time. Um, how to with that guy. How to with John Wilson on John HBO. Wilson. Which is I kept wanting to John Warner. Very funny show, Abe. Oh. I think you would get a kick out of it. But it's funny and also not funny. It's, yeah, it's, oh. it's weird. Are it's they good. going for funny? Yeah, sometimes. Okay. Yeah. It's a documentary, sort of. Okay. 
Yeah. So the guy walks around and he apparently has this archive of like thousands of hours of stuff that he's filmed in New York City. And he's using that along with new footage that he's filming for HBO to edit together what amounts to an extended monologue, uh, but also dialogue with other people who are in and about New York City. Anyway, really fun so far. I think we watched two or three or four episodes. But the thing that I said then was I don't think that I generally am aware that a lot of the people who are doing fucked up things are actually – like either fucked up on pills or drunk, right. I think, a lot of the time. Right. And, yeah, there's some of that energy in this Facebook post as well. Now, knowing that I couldn't read this Facebook post without dropping into one of my voices, which Lori hates <laughs> when I do voices. Are you going to do that? Is that the surprise? I do terrible voices. And I admit it. I'm not an actor. I'm not good at this. Uh, but it doesn't and, okay, mean that I don't I have find to it funny. Couch this also. I've always hated your voices. That's true. Like it's not like because I've <laughs> known you for so long. I've perfectly lost happy taste. to put up with all of my casual misogyny and out outright racism. But the <laughs> the moment I do a voice, That's right? It's, from the beginning, from the beginning, from like before we were dating, you would do a voice, and it was just like, oh no no no, don't that that hurt my ears. So I'm just anyway, saying, it's so not because I'm tired of them. It's because they're actually horrible. I've pre-recorded a uh, a reading of this Facebook post because while I enjoyed your discussion of it on your other podcast, I think what was truly missing was a, a full reading of it. Right. Because I'm going to kill myself. Unless you can hear the whole thing, I don't <laughs> think it can be wholly appreciated. So This should be good. <laughs> it's less than two minutes, so don't worry. Here we go. Now, let me hurt some feelings while I have a minute. No one owes you or your family anything, nor is it the local government's responsibility to support you during trying times like this. Sink or swim, it's your choice. The city and county, along with power providers or any other service, owes you nothing. I'm sick and tired of people looking for a damn handout. If you don't have electricity, you step up and come up with a game plan to keep your family warm and safe. If you have no water, you deal without. Think outside of the box to survive and supply water to your family. If you are sitting at home in the cold because you have no power and are sitting there waiting for someone to come rescue you because you're lazy is a direct result of your raising. Only the strong will survive, and the weak will perish. Folks, God has given us the tools to support ourselves in times like this. This is, sadly, a product of a socialist government where they feed people to believe that the few will work and others will become dependent for handouts. Am I sorry that you have been dealing without electricity and water? Yes, but I'll be Damned if I'm going to provide for anyone that is capable of doing it themselves. We have lost sight of those in need and those that take advantage of the system and mash them into one group. Bottom line, quit crying and looking for a handout. Get off your ass and take care of your own damn family. (laughs) Bottom line, don't be a part of the problem. Be a part of the solution. Oh, my God. There you have it. First of all, I'm, I'm trying to place... It's like a, you're doing a mixture of 
things. Yes. But I can't it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible. It's it horrible. Is, uh, you should the rest of the episode speak in this one. <laughs> I will I we will actually get divorced. Now, Bob, did you hear this actual mayor? Or this is just your imagination? This is how No, that's would... actually so No one I, sounds I I int- like that. I introduced that as me, but that's actually a, a CIB exclusive. I got that from the man himself. <laughs> No, so that so that was not. I will admit, first off, that was my second take. The first take I did in a a much more F eight effeminate uh, Lindsey Graham okay. version of the voice. Right. But then I went to more of like the rooster guy instead. Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah, Foghorn Leghorn. But. But not good, obviously. But horrible. Not, anyway. <laughs> Critique my. Uh, Voice acting abilities, all you want. I'm we fine shall. with it. <laughs> we are. We Abe <laughs> hates it too. <laughs> I just hate that, that I can't. Pl- I know as soon as this podcast is over, I'm going to figure out the names. But you. No, there's bits of Kevin Spacey in the right. House of Cards. Right. Which is also not a great accent. Right. That's, yeah, that's what. <laughs> that's one of them. I think that with. There's also a, a little like Jar Jar Banks in <laughs> <it>. <laughs> With a great deal of practice, uh, that wouldn't be any better, but it would be more consistent. That's Although all now say. I understand why, like certain like foreign actors who try to play American roles, they their accent come, comes and goes. It's kind of hard to sustain it. Like even in the two minute clip, to, it's hard. But, so the the trick to doing a good accent from oh, somebody tell us, Bob, what the trick is. no, because I do decent voices when I because but the trick is to just sneak in like one or two words in a sentence and to not. So don't overcommit to the whole thing. Okay. You just sneak in one or two words, and that's where the humor is. It's just a couple of words, and then it works. But if you do what I did, which is to try to do the whole thing that way, it, it, it overwhelms it. So basically just speak normally and then throw in a few, oh, he's one of them. Right. Anyway, that guy. So I, I don't think I set that up quite clearly enough. That was a, a post by a mayor of a Texas city. Former now mayor right. of a Texas city, Colorado City in Texas, which is in West Central Texas. Is that also not in the U.S. while we're like naming places after other places where they're not? <laughs> yeah, it's a no, it is. <laughs> Slightly weird. It Texas, weird Argentina. Name. Yeah. What he said as most of Texas was suffering under a wholly unprecedented uh, winter storm and many millions of people were without power because of it. What did he hope to accomplish? I wonder. Like he just needed to get that off his yeah, chest. Yeah, it, it seems yeah. to be like mission accomplished. It, it, it's like he just wants to indulge in just that way of thinking for no reason because he must have known this was going to be the reaction, right? I just don't understand what he thought he was going to get. Oh, thanks for telling us we're freezing to death. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, he said he said later that he had already resigned from his position as mayor. And that might be true. I think that he resigned first and then posted this thing. And he had already it was already clear that he he missed the deadline to run again as mayor anyway. So he's, he wasn't planning on running again. He was okay. done with government. Uh, apparently not a big believer, I guess, in what government <laughs> can or should do. My crack about it is that this got posted. And then like 15 minutes later, Rush Limbaugh 
vacated his body because he he felt this sentiment had gone out into the wider world and he realized that his job here on earth was done and he ascended <laughs> to the heavens. <laughs> That's what he was waiting for. Yeah. It's a perfect little summation of the entire Republican ethos of the last generation of national politicians. And it's amazing to see it put so clearly in a moment that it most certainly doesn't belong. Right. Because like you said, it this was ha- as things were going to shit, he made this po- – it wasn't like a few days later or a week later – like, because now the stories are the the prices that they're paying and all of the assistance that assistance. Surely, this is needed. the most embarrassing thing a politician did during this <laughs> <Surely>. crisis. <laughs> you don't get I much mean, worse uh, than writing a weird Facebook post. Hard, hard atop. Although he 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 got his wife fired. Is that has that story been cleared up? Or his wife doesn't work at some other job? Totally unrelated. It seems to be like just by associating with this guy. Right. She got shit canned, which seems to be the wrong thing to do, right? Probably. She's just married <laughs> to him, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, you probably shouldn't. Wife probably shouldn't lose her job because of the shitty Facebook post of her husband. But, right. You know, Unless she liked it. Yeah. <laughs> she, she shared it. And here I've done and gone the even worse thing of putting putting it to sound for all to hear. That's right. So in, in your show, you say, which is worse? Is this worse or is the Tim Cruz thing? Or Tim Cruz. Tim, Tim Cruz, yes. Uh, this guy is Tim Boyd. Uh, Ted Cruz. Oh, yes. Is Ted Cruz. Who, who took right, off for, for Cancun. Right. Like, Ted Cruz, basically, it's like almost all of it is just optics and it looks terrible. But he wasn't actually like running any – like he should have stayed and done all the other stuff. I mean it's not the right thing for him to just skip town and throw your kids under the bus by saying they wanted to go, like – which is not even true. Um, but this <laughs> My person, favorite act- part of the Ted Cruz thing <laughs> is when he says we were sitting around – me and Heidi and the girls were sitting around the fire. And, you know, we hadn't had power for a couple of days and the girls said – can't we just go somewhere warm and, you know, go to the beach or something? Like, so this is how he's trying to relate it, is that he's right. raised such shitty little teenage, spoiled, <laughs> entitled pieces of shit brats. Are they teens? I think they're te- they're they're youthful. I think they're I thought they probably, were yeah. teens, whatever. Maybe they are. Maybe they're very... I don't maybe know. Maybe they're tweens. The only, reason- the only reason I think the Ted Cruz thing is worse is because he's the senator. Right. Right. The, and, you and know, a mayor a of wherever pro- the fuck. Would, but that's right. the thing. The mayor should have run away. Right. <laughs> or just not said anything or not posted anything. There are a lot of people that are getting fired because of the, these goofy things that they post online. I'm not trying to discourage people doing stupid things online, but you're not. there's no upside. I mean, I don't know how many people retweeted or liked his stupid comment, but it's so, just not worth the effort. A good bit is going to be... Finding posts like this before they're deleted and commenting under them. Do you think white people should be allowed to say the (laughs) (laughs) N-word? You just find posts that that make you mad and you think people should be in trouble for and then goad them into a conversation that will definitely get them fired. (laughs) By the way. (laughs) This might seem apropos of nothing. (laughs) But I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
is it fair for me to say that this obviously over the top post by the former mayor of Colorado City, Texas, is an encapsulation of the conservative, e- the Republican ethos of the last generation, or is that wildly unfair? No, that's fair. I mean, there there is some. I mean, that that whole thing goes like, oh, the government doesn't work, and then I'm gonna get into government and prove that out, right? So it's like. Uh, there are some Republicans who don't mind when things don't work because they can just say, see, this stuff is no good. Everybody do it yourself, you know. So, but no one, I mean, the, the thing is, uh, these two politicians, and I don't know if pe- politicians are just getting dumber, but these are very simple, like, layups. Right. So I don't also think that it's worth Cancun. pointing out these are two very different types of politician like this there's right. this one local dude who's never probably does not imagine he has any sort of future in politics anyway right doing this yeah. on the one hand and then so in terms of the pure stupidity of it i think that ted cruz's is obviously more stupid it's i it's yes the idea that no one was like oh this could look bad we shouldn't you know like and and and, and yeah people were documenting his travel from the get-go like at no point it's like wow I'm very high profile, and this is going to read bad on the internet. I do think that once he's I – mean, obviously, you cannot read this by looking at the photos, but I'm something of a fabulist when it comes to this sort of stuff. So when I see a picture of him looking like shoulders slumped in the baggage claim area and yeah. looking in the general – not quite looking at the camera, but he knows that he's – that somebody's holding up a cell phone camera. Right. Like, I think in his brain he's like, "Oh man, I fucked this up." <laughs> like I think that right, he's... I know, yeah. And, and and I've never been uh photographed or somebody with just their phone, but they must feel it, right? They must sense that they're being documented, right? right. Cuz people they try to be all like they oh, try I'm to hide just, it, but it's I'm very just obvious. weirdly texting with this yeah. phone at a 90 degree angle <laughs> it, to the floor. You're hol- yeah. yeah, you're holding the phone in such an obvious way that you're clearly uh, recording them. Uh, once, many years ago, totally unrelated to anything, but I tried to take a picture of Tom Brokaw going down the escalator at the Atlanta <laughs> airport, and he realized it immediately, and I did not. Uh, he looked at me, and I was like, oh, shit. Did All you right, say yeah. anything to him? <laughs> no. We were, actually, it was too far for us to communicate, but he looked at me in a don't take a picture of me look, and I was like, ah, whatever. <laughs> so, Cruz must have known, and so, he goes to this trip, and then he then it was like a series of lies, like demonstrable lies, because it was a day trip with a big bag. He was planning on coming back all along, but then he booked a you know his girls. The, his, but the best is that his girls love him so much, and he cares so greatly about. By the way, and his wife is there too, so that, that right. I needed to escort them doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> but the idea that they couldn't stand to be away from him. For that part that of the trip. trip, so he's like, "Well, I just I could squeeze twelve more hours of time with the family if I just fly to Mexico and then come right back." Yeah, it's like a one-way anxiety. The, the kids are totally fine on the return flight, but the, on the way there, well, you don't know that he wasn't going to fly back this weekend and fly back oh. with them again. You don't know that. The best part is that the lies were coming so quickly that Hannity, when he interviewed Cruz about this thing, hadn't kept up with. At what stage of admission Cruz was in the Lion right. game? Right. I'm not going to play right. the clip because I would have to edit it to make the joke work, and then it seems like I'm doing something disingenuous. But right. Hannity introduces the clip by saying, "Well, you're just being a good dad," sort of thing, and then later <laughs> on in the 
because that was the first thing that that was Cruz's right. first, first lie. Right. Lie, but he had already before coming on the show admitted that that was not true, and he basically right. apologized for bad judgment at that point. And then, yeah, Cruz basically just admits, yeah, I sort of screwed up. He doesn't. He doesn't ever really say I screwed up on Hannity. He said right. it somewhere else, but he knows, like right, in the right. lion's den of Fox, he can't admit anything that he did was wrong. But wasn't uh, and, and and going to that point, I think. Gates or one of these idiots um, criticized them for apologizing. Basically, you have to keep the ruse going. Never concede. Right. Never so like give when in. He yeah, whatever they, he did, apologize. They, they do all of the work for you. These shithead right. uh, media types. Like the D Dinesh right. D'Souza comes out right away and he says— <laughs> That was great. <laughs> That's a good one. Dinesh D'Souza says— if we're, being, if we're being intellectually honest here and we're thinking about this in terms of resource allocation, Ted Cruz did the absolute right thing by deciding to leave the state. So he's not using up any of the precious resources that could be going to more <laughs> needy people. And then he turns around and comes to Houston and, and sensing there was going to be a, a media frenzy at the airport. Uh, I think his staff called or communicated with the uh, Houston police to see if maybe uh, just for the sake of safety, have a couple of police officers there at the airport. So using some of those resources, he while, was saying, while millions of people in the city are without <laughs> power and experiencing emergencies. <laughs> it's total, just, total it, is, it is the total cluelessness of it that makes it so much yeah. fun. Because but that's why I'm saying, are, and you are right, there, there are different types of politician. Um, but these are very simple, like, don't go to Cancun when your state is frozen and don't post whatever the fuck that guy posted, right? right like just don't do guy, these simple things. The guy, Tim Boyd, did one of the pseudo apologies where he's like, you know, if you were offended by, yeah, you took my stuff out of context. If you, if you were offended, you probably took it out of context. Maybe I would have chosen different words, but ultimately I stand by what I said. So like, he said, yeah. Boyd I guess, doesn't think that he did anything wrong. He's just mad that he even goes into the whole, uh, how dare you harass my wife about this thing. Right. Because, so. yeah, he did kind of end it with, like, I'm the victim now. You guys are being overly harsh. Kind of like that person we talked about the, the previous week where they try to out somebody on some thing and then they get flack for it and now they're upset. Right. Anyway, as Al Franken said about Ted Cruz, I like Ted Cruz more than anybody else in Congress, and I fucking hate him. <laughs> so, so there's nobody who isn't enjoying this at the moment. It's weird how Ted Cruz, no one seems to like. No one it's seems not to weird. like, but he still Have wins. you ever looked at him or seen him talk? But like, he's still it makes like, perfect sense. But there doesn't seem to be like a natural political base for him. I mean, he, maybe when the Tea Party thing first started, but it seems like a lot of people just don't like his... Right. Well, the 2018 like, election was the first real election that won. he ever won. Right. And in 2018, yeah. he only barely won. And that was the first right. real test yeah. that he ever in faced. In Texas, as a Republican. Right. Like, That's shouldn't true. be that hard. That is all sort of sideshow to the larger disaster that happened in Texas last week. You have a brother that lives in Texas, right? What has yeah, his experience yeah, he's been in, like? We um, both do. We both do. We he, both have brothers in Texas. Oh, look at that. Yeah, My brother, um, he... He worked for this news station, and they put him up at a hotel. So he actually was fine through most of it because he was just at the hotel, and they had power. I don't yeah. know if they—that was the plan to just have power only go to hotels and businesses. But hotels have hotel, generators. Was, oh, is that what it is? I mean, lots of places do. Okay, that could you be it. But one. yeah, so although he did go back one, you know, maybe prematurely to kind of check at uh, his apartment, and there was no water, which I guess. 
I, I think the water boil advisory is is lifted, but uh, th- that seems to have been the worst of it. What on your end, everything was good. Yeah, Chris never lost power, as far as I know. They had power the whole time. One thing I didn't understand, and I, I realized just reading about these stories, I don't know much about how power works, uh, but some uh, somebody <laughs> on the news was saying how they were so close to total disaster, the whole thing was just going to fall apart. I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, it was falling, like what could have happened, right? So what it would have just went so- to zero, and then they could have... I just it, know pressing the button turns things on. I don't know right. anything so outside of that's that. That's the thing. If they had had a, a total catastrophic failure of the grid, it would have been a matter of many weeks before they could have gotten but power But why? Restored. Why can't they just turn it back on? Like, it's is this some sort of like momentum thing? I also do not know, but it is in part something like a momentum thing where once the whole thing goes down, you need to reset everything or like something Humpty like that. Dumpty just fell down and it's going to take a while to put it back together. But I remember I have this very distant memory of when my mother and stepfather got their minivan that we had when I was growing up and being at the dealership and hearing the guy as we're getting ready to drive off with this new car saying, and it's very important that you never let this car completely run out of gas because it's not like (laughs) other cars where if you run out of gas, you can just put a little half gallon in or whatever and it will start back up. No problem. Right. Like, I, I don't know if I'm making that memory up or not, or if maybe So there's, it's... like, a, a point of no return for this what car? What that like sounds if... like is that someone had a history of running out of gas, and to try to cure them of that problem, they lied uh, to them. Oh, no, I don't think that, that was it. That's oh, what it that like sounds that. like to me. It sounds it's like, like a whatever you yeah. do, don't do right. that thing you always do, right. or you'll right. die. <laughs> anyway, a similar thing where the minivan runs out of gas, it's going to be a big problem getting it restarted. Uh, apparently, that's how the the power grid works. And yeah, I don't know all of the details either. And despite explicitly setting out this morning to figure out who or what or where sets the wholesale price of electricity in a state like Texas, and spending an hour just like reading articles from both this past week and then also further back just trying to figure out the answer to that one question which is how is the price of wholesale electricity set and by what method or means and i couldn't get an answer the best that i can figure out is that it's on some sort of algorithm there's some sort of formula that says if demand is x and supply is y then the price is z right and I guess somebody's in control of that because it, like it's not like there's an electricity farm or an electricity mine. That's true. Yeah, we're like, oh, sorry, we had to work extra hard to like right. Uh, right. shovel these bolts out of the ground and all these blood, sweat, and tears that we poured into this. So it's going to cost that's you a, a bit point. extra today. Like that's not how right. electricity works. Yeah, is it also another thing? I did not know this, and maybe it's not unique to Texas, but pe- certain people have. Accounts where the money is taken immediately. It's not like, hey, every here's what day. You spend for January, pay by the owe. day for your electricity, which is terrifying. When you have so the <laughs> when I was first hearing about this, my first thought was like, this sounds like what would happen if Comcast were allowed to run an electricity company with no oversight. Like, yes, and yeah, I, yeah. Like I despise <laughs> Comcast with like. Everything, but when you talk about ending net neutrality and allowing providers to make their own decisions about what websites 
load at like, what speed and how much right. cost you're going to pay for X amount of bandwidth every month. Like, like that's CNN what, and Fox would cost one thing and then like, you know, Drudge or something else would cost a different rate or a different right, tier. Right, despite the fact that to the provider, it's all just yeah little bits of light traveling across their right. uh, infrastructure. The uh, the power grid stuff sounds a lot like that. So apparently in Texas, about 90 plus percent of Texas is its own grid. So there's some in, I think, El Paso, whatever that far yeah, west like corner. Border, yeah, border city in the west uh, and then maybe something near Oklahoma. I don't know. Right. But- so they, they are attached to the national grid where you can sort of like the – it made me think of the Georgia-Florida water wars where because water yes. just flows down – from one state to another, you have to come to political agreements with your border states in order to, like, if Georgia just took all the water out of the river and there isn't enough right. for Florida, then that's a problem. Right. And so they work out similar deals with the electrical grid, where if Arizona is experiencing brownouts and blackouts, then whatever electricity is being generated on the Texas side could then be moved over to right. that side of the grid. But Texas right. largely doesn't participate in that, and they, that's a point of pride for them. And on top of but, that, they don't have, like, a, a Georgia power. They don't have, like, a Dominion that is one giant company that distributes— Like the Southern Company? Right. Like, yeah. That distributes all of the power to the region and then is heavily regulated with uh, price controls put in place in, in coordination with the state. Right. Instead, uh, it's just— Basically, a, a whole bunch of different companies offering different prices to customers. And so my brother is not on one of these variable rates, as far as I can tell. He does have this service where he can change his electricity provider once a quarter. So he has he doesn't even know who his electricity provider is because what he does is he pays a third party to go out and shop his plan every every three months. It's uh, This whole thing sounds very convoluted. It is. It's pretty convoluted. There's a but third party, whatever. So you go out and you shop for a new electricity provider every three months in the hopes that somebody's going to be offering better rates. And then you sign up for them at that rate and you, you get a, a locked in rate and you pay that much per megawatt for hour or whatever. And like for, fine. for that following quarter? Right, is for that, that quarter. Okay. And then you can shop it again next time to see if anybody has brought their rates down. And what that leads to, and it, what my goofy opening of the show was, is people just fighting over trying to get the lowest profitable rate as a company rather than making sure that the infrastructure is in place uh, to right. handle unprecedented events. And it's a lot like what happened in this country for the last year when the big concern off the top at the start of this pandemic was what? That we had to flatten the curve because we mm-hmm. were worried about bed capacity and ventilator capacity because, as it turns out, huge portions of this country are just don't have enough hospital beds in them because right. we operate at, at something like 90% capacity at all times. And if anything weird happens, then those then we get massive overflow problems. We are not built for anything but like need-it-now kind of service, right? Right, right. It's like when you uh, place an order, you're running a fucking pizza restaurant, for example— you're not trying to order in the event that you do a shocking amount of unprecedented business because in all likelihood right. you're going to have to throw away some of that food. Right. So you try to order just enough to get you through right. the weekend. Which right. is especially surprising considering that we don't do preventative health here, like you said. No. Like you would yeah. think if you're going to operate 
on this like everything's super fucked super soon scenario you'd at least yeah. like pay for people to have prevent like eat healthy weird right also um in te- like under normal circumstances i know the headlines now are paying eight ten twenty thousand dollars these ridiculous rates but under normal circumstances are these people paying like very cheap like right so that uh, was like the rates? first thing that i looked at was i wanted to find the average price of an hour right. of electricity in texas as opposed to everywhere else and right. i went and i looked it up and they're very similar. They're within a couple percent of what we pay in Virginia and a couple percent right. of what you pay in Georgia. Right. Yeah. I can't it's, imagine it's that it's, lo- th- it's on the lower end of the entire country. It's not the right. lowest, but it is on the lower end. And okay. like compared to Hawaii, like Hawaii prices are like four times the national average just because they're on an island. And apparently it's difficult to do that there. But yeah, that's sort of the and a, a thing that we are not saying because it feels like something everybody has already heard. People were keeping the heat at like 65 degrees in their house and then checking their bank statement and seeing that they'd been debited, say, $400 on Monday. And then the next day they were debited $2,000. And then they look at their bill at the end of the week and they have a $17,000 electricity bill. Is that you? I mean, okay, that is what's throwing me. Is that unique to Texas? Because I have never heard of them just taking your. Is that part of the condition? Like, it may be peanuts today, but it'll cost you your life savings. It feels the next, like what like, happens when you, if you like, go and buy furniture from like a sketchy rooms to go knockoff, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, I'll pay you a hundred dollars a week for the next seven years, that's and if right. I miss a payment, you're gonna Once. raise my you're gonna raise my right. rate to like three thousand percent. Then you're gonna come <laughs> take my couch and my TV, and I'm still gonna owe you suddenly now twenty seven thousand dollars. That's uh, right. for this shitty piece of IKEA furniture. That's true. Right. And I it guarantee you it only punishes the most or it overwhelmingly punishes the most uh, financially vulnerable people. And like right. we but live it, in a country right now where and you always hear this stat that somebody has a five hundred dollar emergency, they don't know how they're going to cut if they right. have a, a sudden car bill or a health expense that's like five or six hundred dollars, they wouldn't know how the fuck they were going to pay that bill. Right. Yeah. People and, are living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. And so there that's why are, Millions of people in Texas who are apparently subject to these sorts of insane uh, price fluctuations in the cost of energy. I just can't imagine how you'd be not anxious about the bill. What if something happened? I'm like sure in the, they're in, anxious. Especially right. because they, they've <laughs> gamified it to the point where they take it out every day. So you yeah, must have – and I guarantee you they have an app on their phone that shows exactly how much electricity they're using every hour of the day. Right. And yeah, yeah I bet cr- it's I bet it's a nightmare. Like yeah, and that's like after five days or however long they went without power at all, and it's cold as shit. That's the thing; like, oh. they have to have the power on because if you don't have the power on, then the pipes will freeze, which it turns out they fucking did anyway. Right, and yeah, everything about this was a disaster. Nothing good happened. And it is clear to me that at the same time that this is effectively an act of God that couldn't have been prevented in the grand sense. A better politics, a better infrastructure certainly could have mitigated the worst of these effects. Right. It's dumb that I even subject myself to it. But if you watched any of that coverage on Fox earlier in the week where it was just stock footage of windmills frozen in the cold over and over again. Right. Like it's so dumb that it's not even worth engaging with because you know that no matter what you say, the other side is just going to be like, fucking New Deal bullshit. Don't need to hear that anyway. New, the New Deal bullshit that didn't exist, right? This, this is 
this is just wind turbines. I mean, the Green New Deal is something f- that they want to pass going forward. Texas already has as part of their uh, different types of power, like wind, right? What was it, like 20%, 15%, whatever Something it is. like 15 to 25% at most in any, at right. any given time is being generated by wind power. Right, which I'm surprised is happening in Texas. I mean, I, but you you would think that they would upkeep the equipment, you know, weatherize it or whatever it is. That way it works. Right, when- and that's the thing. Is a decade ago, they knew that this was something that needed to be done if they were going to avoid catastrophe. And instead, they right. decided that they weren't going to do that thing. Right. And I don't pretend that we need to go out and make sure that every absolute remote possibility is covered and that we're somehow going to avoid all natural disasters just by being clever in the way that we devise our bureaucratic rules. But it seems obvious at this point that if a bunch of temperature sensors failed and and then shut down the entire fucking grid, right. like right. That you should at a minimum have the correct temperature sensors on the stuff that you're doing, right? Right. Yeah, more could have been done. I mean, it wouldn't have prevented some of this, but people were like, and I still don't understand how people don't know about that carbon monoxide thing, like don't have your car running. I I, I mean, I'm not in their position. It must have been really cold and maybe just absent-minded, but there's a few people that died because they were, they had their car running in their uh, garage and that was it. And so it's, it's been a few people at least reported. And then some of the people just froze. I mean, I think some of the deaths could have been prevented. Uh, Just the sucking or just being without water. I don't, probably can do much about that but just the worst parts of it where people actually died more could have been done the frustrating part of it is that yeah while a lot of these so cruise now is making the outrage rounds talking about all of the we cannot allow this to happen this is texas this is the we're the most energy independent economy in the world and we're we've cut ourselves can't allow off. what to happen what is what is he arguing they, they can't they want to Keep it the way it is. No, he's saying he's saying that this thing that has happened is a, is a catastrophic failure, and the people who allowed it to happen must be held accountable, and we need to find oh. a way to make sure it doesn't happen again. But that's all just the sort of thing that you say when you're in trouble for running off right. to Mexico. Right, and that's true. His politics and the politics of the party largely do not allow for the sorts of uh, government intervention that can help prevent and mitigate these right. sorts of things from happening and I think in the future. Partly why when the opportunity presented itself to jump on the wind turbines, to jump on that or any sort of like Green New Dealy kind of thing, because they could argue that, oh, let's make sure we don't uh, overcommit or all this other stuff. But there's 80 percent or 75 percent of a mixture of the other more traditional types of power. Like they're, they're not criticizing any of that because all of it failed. Right. right including all of that, it failed. Right? And the the the. The catastrophic failure was because they couldn't get any more natural gas out of the ground, and they didn't have enough natural gas on standby to keep these power plants running. And that was right. that's that's the failure is that they simply right. did not have a stockpile big enough to keep the lights on, and it turned into uh, massive amounts of property damage and death, and it's it's very bad. So basically, the, what's likely going to happen is maybe some people in that work for this. ERCOT or someone else, someone's going to get the blame, but the same weaknesses are going to exist, right? Because they're not going to change it to having like a West 
sector and gr- join another grid or do anything other than what they've been doing, right? I mean, this, right. this no, source we'll of be, pride has... We will, they, we, they will forget in six months that this ever happened. There will be talk about how we can't prepare for... We cannot base our lives in fear, and we cannot prepare for once-in-a-thousand-years storms, and we're not going to raise the prices on everyday Texans, their electricity prices, just so that we can worry about something that uh, probably is never going to happen again, right? Right. Right. But, I mean, people are going to be paying for uh, whether they use their supposed rainy day fund or through federal programs like FEMA and other things. It's going to cost money to just all of the property damage that's this happened, right? All the water pipes bursting and all this. Yeah, but this is what politicians love, right? This is the sort of spending that politicians love to be able to do. It's the it's the upfront stuff that's so wholly unpopular, right? Right, right. So let's just it's, say this is just it's an, easy to spend money after the fact. It's right. It's much but it harder. Always costs, right, but it always costs more to, yes, to, to be just re, like health you know. insurance. Right. It's like if you just take a few proactive measures, I know it's going to suck paying when nothing has gone wrong, but then it prevents or at least mitigates the bad things that could happen Except in that the there's future. Except that there's a whole philosophy on how you live your life that says you're not in control, nothing you do matters, and it's a fool's errand to try to do anything in the face right. of whatever. And it, I, uh, in my way, I attribute that to a highly religious way of looking at the world that and that's that's where religion folds directly into nihilism for me <laughs> like I, <laughs> I, I i can no longer separate the two where right. pe- people are so convinced that human action is entirely futile because of the presence of an omnipotent omnipresent god that that they end up believing in nothing effectively in terms but you know, of uh, what can actually be accomplished one thing that i've noticed one area where that sort of, ah, what are the chances or let's not foolproof everything, you know, we'll deal with it when, when, when it happens. One thing that that's not true for are planes. The slightest thing goes wrong with a plane. Everybody just shut it down. Let's figure out what's going on. Like two planes crash with that max thing and they shut everything down until they figured it out. And now they're slowly bring. I mean, it's already back into the fold. And then last week there was some plane that the engine fell apart and it was landing on people's homes and they basically put us uh grounded all of those type of planes right so, so boeing you, you, so you're talking yeah. about so just as an aside or i mean it's on topic but so boeing you're talking about the 737 max which was pulled out of the air for like what 18 months or something right and, yeah and then in the last few days boeing has they've had i think a, a seventh of their 777s pulled out of the air as well. So there are a hundred some odd of these 777s that have this one type of engine. And then there are another 600 that have the GE engine. Right. So a a significant portion of their fleet of the 777 has been pulled out of the air. And I just want to look at Boeing's stock. Boeing bottomed out back in March, just like the rest of the economy did at about $95 a share. And it closed today at two hundred and thirteen dollars a share, wow. <laughs> after after having the entire or a, a significant portion of its seven 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 fleet pulled out of the out of the sky, and right. that's after 
like in very recent memory having their flagship plane pulled out of the sky right. because of a failure of leadership effectively because right. of they're, an attempt they're, they're cut, to cut yeah. corners and save money and not have to do extensive retrainings that would have saved the lives of two planefuls of people right. right right and this is a company that according to their stock number basically is in a in a rational market in a place with actual healthy competition uh, Boeing would no longer exist as right. a company any longer, right? But it's too—it's literally too big to fail. It's too fail. big to fail. Because yeah. I mean, the would government never has a lot of contracts, right? Yeah, the government has contracts with them. But even though the the company was cutting corners, like you said, they didn't want to retrain because it would, you know, X number of hours, X number of pilots. Fuck it, I'm sure it's fine. And so they try to dress it up as it's a similar thing to the last thing that was approved. So let's keep it moving. Two planes full of people die. Everything, you know, they fire the CEO. Everything turns around. Uh, uh, they turn everything around so that this doesn't happen again, at least with, with that flight. But I'm just saying from the vantage point of the public and pol- there are no politicians. They're like, ah, one plane. Once in a blue moon, it goes down. It'll be fun. like n- Nobody makes that argument for planes. But right. with this other stuff, people like froze to death and like, ah, what are you going to do? It's the same thing with the virus. 500,000 people are dead as of this evening. And the the general feeling that I get is like, well, what could we possibly have done? A lot of them would have died anyway. Right. Right, which is not, again, an argument made for those planes. I mean, sometimes planes go—I mean, people get into car accidents all the time. That was blowing my mind today because I was watching the Boeing stock after seeing that news and that— Amazing shot of that plane with the flaming engine coming out. Right. See it? And it's like, well, they're down 2%. Like, that's it? <laughs> and then as soon as the markets close, they start bouncing back. Like, were you trying to get in on some <laughs> Boeing action? Let's, yeah, I wanted, I wanted them to dip to like 75 bucks. I'd buy a bunch of it. I will say, to the credit of the, uh, I was criticized uh, the way people uh, record things, where it's just, too shaky or they're not the things are not in frame that person was on a plane that like could have just crashed and they would have died but the steady hands i want to commend that person <laughs> i was able to get a good view of that burning engine I want to he see was it. on the plane or Let's she see. or whomever advantage of doing it for the clicks you know that's right <laughs> Hey, I'm gonna, if you're gonna record something just keep the goddamn camera steady is all i'm saying i'm not asking for much anyway to put a bow on the texas thing First of all, it's weird to me that in the state of Enron that, that we're doing this again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I also don't like power companies that are like I've. It has always struck me that my relationship with Georgia Power and Dominion feels coercive in a way that I'm not a fan of. That that you are really? forced. To, I mean, it, it, I would be better if it was in fact state owned rather than this weird synergistic bullshit where it's right. a. It's a company that is beholden to shareholders, but is providing a service that I need to survive in modern society that I have no choice but to interact with. I would much prefer it if it were, in fact, a, a state enterprise. Well, like I think. the water, we pay the water bill to the city. I get it. I get that there's this anti-government takeover thing. There's a very deep anti-socialist, anti-collective mindset that has probably contributed to the fact that all of these power companies are are run as private enterprise and have shareholders and they think that somehow that that helps lower the cost or something which is simply right. not it's not the case 
I think they're they're probably their their logic and also with the whole making money thing uh, is that use the engine of capitalism to do a public utility thing like this is a public service, right? So yeah, like, except can that we get- then they turn around and they demand that the public that the the ratepayers in Georgia fund two nuclear power plants that won't be built for 25 more years, right? So right. they're they're t- they're taking advantage of all of the benefits right. of that's so-called true. capitalism at the same time that it's an entirely publicly funded enterprise, right? And that yeah. the, and the only people who are reaping the benefits from it are the shareholders. And I don't know what good that does in the world. So they're like, okay, yeah. Has it, is there any state that has it? Because, I mean, if Texas can do it this goofy way, is there a state that the state owns? Like there's not one state in the whole union that has a different setup than I don't have any idea. In Texas? I, have not yeah. fig- I, I have not looked into that at all. My guess is that I would look into it and find out that it was all the most expensive states that, have, right. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that are doing it. Like I don't know who runs Hawaii's grid. Let me check that real quick. <laughs> I, I would imagine that if there was such a thing, people would – go out of their way to point out when things are pricey because they would use it as an example like see those bums in vermont no No. even hawaiian electric is is traded on the new york stock yeah so basically everybody does it one way texas does it a different way yeah Um, i don't know how other countries do it i haven't looked into this at all it's bothered me for a long time but i've never bothered to look into it right but it seems like I mean, if we were at a least... different sort of podcast, we would have somebody on who has written like three books about this <laughs> and is like really excited to get a chance to finally talk about it where people care. It's like uh, uh, my first question is like, why book two and three? It's like you know, it's about power. <laughs> right. Well, publish or perish. <laughs> That's right. There's no price gouging laws in texas like doesn't this run afoul of something like so that's the thing is it's not gouging if it's just based on sixteen thousand dollars it's just being gouged so but who's who's making the decision and if the only thing making the decision is a mathematical equation that says this is the supply that's the demand and therefore that's how much this costs so that's the other that was the other thing that drove me nuts about this was the the mayor of houston goes on television and and this is not just him this is Ted Cruz, this is everyone else, who's saying we're not going to it won't it wouldn't be right for Texans to be forced to pay these outrageous bills. And what right. is their response to that? They're like, we're gonna have to get federal money, we're gonna have to get the rainy right. day fund right. in order to pay these bills. It's like, are you out of your fucking mind? Right. No, you just just cancel the fucking bill. Yeah. And that's say, why this was a this was an event that happened that's not it, it never happens but the response to it cannot be it's okay to charge people fifteen thousand dollars for three days right. worth of power. The it's response the same has to thing be as the fucking shutdown where people still had to pay their mortgages. Like what right. is going on? And it didn't cost the electricity provider any additional money right. yeah. <laughs> to fail to provide the service right. in a reasonable way, right? Right. All, all they're doing is covering their ass because they don't have the supply to deliver. So they're right. saying, well, then you have to pay us X for the small amount of supply that we do have in order right. to cover for the fact that we don't have a product, right? So it's, it, this is where supply and demand is, is not a good way of determining the price of something that right. has to be delivered to people. Right. Because I, I think that works under normal, normal circumstances like – if you're into shoes for some reason and the price, you know, the demand or whatever, then pay whatever nonsense 
uh, a markup, right? But if it's for something important, you would think that because a lot of people, and you're right, it wasn't just the mayor. A lot of people just casually are like, "Oh, the state will absorb the cost, or the federal government will absorb." It's like, really? That's not that other choice. Where like, why are we? Why are they paying this ridiculous amount? And also, it'd be kind of weird for Texas to be all independent e and accept federal money to absorb the cost. It should, if it's going to come out of some state, it should just be the state of Texas unless they need additional help. But right. I'm fine with that level of hypocrisy. Like that's just, that's just standard <laughs> issue bullshit hypocrisy. It's right. Like, yeah. it, it, then, then a moratorium on the obnoxious uh, Lone Star uh, pride, you know, at least for one calendar year. Then you right. can resume. No more, being no more talk of secession until at least 2023. <laughs> That's right. you, you have to be six months out from taking the welfare handout for your fucking power bill before you're That's allowed right. to talk about <laughs> secession again. Yes. All right. So I feel like a liar for saying something like, I really don't want to talk about this. Because <laughs> you're a liar. I really don't want to continue to have to talk about this but in the moments before happening. the show yeah late breaking news from the website defector.com they broke a story kelsey mckinney is the writer uh, most things are paywalled at defector for some reason this this article was not paywalled i'm not sure if that will change so i will post a link in the show notes but by the time you get to go click on it it might have migrated back behind a paywall who knows Mike Pesca hosts a number of different podcasts for Slate. He's been doing it for like over a decade, I think. Um, the Gist, it's a daily news and culture podcast. You, uh, you listen to any uh, Mike Pesca? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do listen. I mean, he's on the rotation. I do listen to him. Uh, was he not um, He was he on the sports Slate one? Was he not on the other one? He was like, also uh, on the sports, Steph, the uh, Hang Up and yeah. Listen one, yeah. Yeah, okay. But yeah, he does that weird oomperdo, whatever that shit he does at the end of each uh, sign off. Like he has like some thing he says. At got the a end. bit. Yeah, I don't. I don't listen to a lot. I've I've heard his. I've heard him before. I don't. He's not in the daily feed for me. I don't. I okay. Don't, I get plenty of news. Um, but Mike Pesca has been indef at, at the moment as of as of right now. He's indefinitely suspended without pay from Slate for having sinned. In some sort of way, and it's very much in line with the conversation that we had last week. Right. And so we're, I feel compelled to do it again, because if the world wants to continue to be dumb in the same way, then we should continue to talk about it. There, This this takes it to a, a new level of absurdity for me. And right. Abe, do you want to describe what happened here? So the last week's story was on a field trip. Right, this guy said uh, the bad word. Right, and and now, according to this, what I call a defecator website, uh, Mike Pesca was simply just discussing about whether or not a person who wasn't black is there any sort of context uh, where it would be okay for them to say the word, and that's what the suspension is for. I mean, at least right now, for having the discussion and the reaction is has been like what makes you think like the problem is that you're comfortable enough to think that you can have this conversation right so like it seems like we've we've moved away from 
the setting and the context and when you use a word to then saying it doesn't matter the intent and the setting and the context, just don't say the word to now where you can't even talk about talking. It seems like we, we're, we're kind of headed into... You can't talk about the conversation of whether or not people should be able to use the word that you are not currently in this setting using. Right, which is absurd if you just think about it. Like, then how do you know when you can't talk about something? Like, it seems to be a weird standard to set. So, so my guess initially, because the story just broke, the, the day of the recording, uh, my thinking is that they're going to try to tie, because they're going to try to find a way to fire him, right? They're not going to bring him back into the fold after this, uh, but they're going to need to find an actual example of him having used the word. Uh, Which but Bob, you exists, think that they're not, by the yeah. way. So, okay. so yeah. you can go and listen to NPR pieces that he did in 2006 and 2007, where he uses the word in the context of referring to it as somebody else having used it, right? Right, right. And, and so, yeah. By the way, he had editors at NPR, right? So he had so this was right. a story that not only aired in 2006 and 2007, but you can go to the NPR website to this day and click the play button and hear him do it again. So right. this is so so now we're in a situation where like who who is the person who's ultimately accountable here, right? Right. Because we've de- we've determined that now this is an unutterable series of syllables, right? And so offensive to the point where you cannot even try to, because the 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 underlying thing here must be that what what Pesca is doing here in the Slack channel, the the chat for the work, it's called Slack, is he's trying to incept the word into other people's brains right. Right. by talking about talking about it without right. actually talk without even really saying the n-word but right. talking about whether or not people should say the n-word what he's right. doing there is he's doing some sort of performative you can't tell me what to do thing right right so they're imputing all of the worst motives to him right and and saying that he must be a racist because the piece ends with a quote from somebody at Slate saying anonymously to the writer at Defector, quote, there are people who enable him to be who he is at work, one staffer told me. The problem isn't simply that Mike Pesca is intellectually lazy and racist. The biggest problem is that he is accountable to no one. So first of all, to give that quote at a time when the guy has been indefinitely suspended without pay from the website where he's worked for the last 10 years is a is a complete non sequitur and absurdity all by itself, right? Because he is currently being held accountable. But it also proves that his bigger sin is just being widely disliked around the office, right? Which would be fine. I mean, there seems to be a lot of people like that, but intellectually lazy, he's being suspended because you say, I don't even want to think about it or talk about it, right? Isn't that more lazy than whatever? Right, to call him the lazy one, like, to call him the intellectually lazy one in this conversation, and to suggest that, that like, to just say that he must, he is a racist, like, the, the right. operating idea here is that we all know that he's a racist, right? Right. Because the right. only way that he could have this take is if he is a racist, is right. what is what they think is happening here. Right. Basically, the, the idea is... The use of or you wanting to use it in you you trying to find the right context, right? It's like, well, what about this situation? Let's say you're doing a word word for word quotation or like you wanting to have some space for you to say it is proof positive that you harbor some racist views, right? Because you're just 
right? trying Which to find an opportunity to say the, the word. whole conversation that I wanted to have last week, right? right? So it it says that just the act of me wanting to have that conversation to talk right. about it is right. completely beside the point, and that it must be a symptom of my white supremacy right. that I even want to have the conversation. Right. Which is a little uh, manipulative, isn't it? The whole <laughs> just. Basically, they're trying to get it to the point, and and it if they do, and by the way, you guess that he'll be fired too, right? I, you yes, don't think he'll, he's, okay. there's no way he comes back from this, right? Because, but I I, I, would, I would still like to see their justification because there's no as far as I understand, there's no established rule on this, right? Because it would have to, right. so they would have then, to write so it down and say, it, just to be as just try to be as fully honest as possible. Not only did he use it in. A 2006 and a 2007 report that aired on NPR back then, and is still available on their website. They were apparently producing some sort of conversation on race series at Slate in 2019, like an in-house thing where they were interviewing different people in the office about the word. And he said it to one of their writers about, let me find it. In 2019, multiple current and former Slate staffers told me Pesca said the N-word at the company office on two separate occasions. The first incident happened during the reporting of a story. The company was working on a package titled, quote, The Wokeness Divide, which was ultimately abandoned. Christina Catarucci was working on a story about the divide in newsrooms and as part of her reporting interviewed many members of her own company. Sometime in the early spring, she interviewed Pesca. In that interview, presumably as an example of how he differed in viewpoint from his more liberal colleagues, Pesca brought up the same argument about whether or not white people, in some contexts, for clarity, should be allowed to use the N-word. Pesca used the actual word during this conversation, and Katarucci, according to multiple sources, pushed back, asking him if he would have used that word in front of a black colleague. Maybe, he said back to her. So he used it at the office in addition right. to having used it previously. But like and within then, whatever context the the topic was, right? There was what like he's not just hurling it at people, right? I assume it's because in whatever setting i think there was an episode on biggie and tupac and there's other instances where the topic has come up i guess you can make the argument that he's finding opportunities or looking for opportunities to say it um is there currently any established rules about if you are black you can do whatever you want and uh, about using this word and then if you are not you cannot like do you think that they'll ever codify that make that explicit and if they can make that explicit then right. they would, but they can't. So they, you're talking right. about the Biggie and Tupac one, where the word is used freely throughout, including by the journalists who produced it. But yes, the journalist who produced that podcast is a black guy. And right. so apparently, Pesca even brings that up and then gets reprim- and then gets yelled at by people for, for noting the, dis- the, the distinction there, for noting right. the fact that there seems to be a double standard. Pesca is th- – that's being used against him now. Right. But the current standard, the, the way I see it is not only are they never going to write it down because you wouldn't be able to do it in, in, in a way where it doesn't violate some sort of law, right? So it's not written down. It's just understood. And, and that understanding keeps changing because we're at this point now. Uh, but also it applies retroactively, right? So a, a segment that was produced in 2017 or 2014 or 2005 that went through all of the, you know, Producers or editors, a lot of eyeballs, and everybody okayed it. You said it. You moved on. You had breakfast. 
15 years have gone by, and now it's being used against you to fire you, even though there's no actual rule, rule that says you can't say or you can't do anything. So it seems to be like the current no, because standard— because you've, you've now created a space, a, a, a workplace that is hostile to— your fellow coworkers there, and they right. don't deserve to have to come to work where they feel uncomfortable. Right. And, and even if you accepted that as true, there, it has to be like an established thing and it has to be going forward, right? Because otherwise, something new could be made up next year about something you did two years ago. Like just by just taking out the specific issue of the race word or like a sexist word or you know, whatever. And it's not, it's not that's not, and I know that you're using it as something. As, as you're trying to tack onto a standard here that you could hang right. your hat on and say, okay, moving forward, let's do this. Right. But if that's the standard moving forward, that you cannot have a workplace where a certain segment of people feel uncomfortable or may be even, you could even phrase right. it as being made to feel unsafe in the workplace. Right. It's a completely incoherent ethic. It, it doesn't, is. Yeah. There's no defending that either. Right. But there because, won't be Because such then it comes down to, I noticed that nine out of the 15 cars in the workplace parking lot have Black, Live, Black Lives Matter stickers on the bumper. And right. that means that six of them do not. So now right. I'm in a workplace where six, I, I believe that six of my colleagues don't think that my life matters. And right. if you think that I'm being hyperbolic here, if you think that I'm, 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 I'm talking about some slippery slope, I just ask you to, to pay more attention to what's happening. Because <laughs> last week when I said... That I have said the word, and I said I said three words on last week's podcast that I said make it fundamentally unshareable. Even though I didn't use them in any context that could be considered problematic, right. just the the fact of the syllables pouring out of my lips, that's the sin. And the right. fact that I would want to that like that's that's the that secretly I must harbor such right. bigotry and hatred that I would want to utter those words in some way. Right. That that is the sort of thing that is unforgivable. And that's now that, according to the latest development in this stupid thing, even that, that, that context has now become so completely unimportant that even talking about talking about it right. is enough to get you in trouble. Right, right. Talking about wanting to like, is there, unless you just agree 100%, you must be part of the problem. But the reason why I keep on saying going back to the, the sta establishing some framework is because th this 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 way of thinking would fall apart because you there's no way you can write it down if you sat down and write wrote down what people want which is basically certain people can say certain things and other people cannot say certain things and the only reason why is because it is inextricable to uh you you're, you're being white and you using that word we cannot distinguish racist use and non-racist use. So that means none of you can use this. You're, you're creating this weird thing where you're, we're assuming that there's no other reason why you would want to say the word other than racism, but all of these other people and how would they work out? Like, what if you're, you know, Hispanic or whatever, right? Is there some sort of, if you're somewhat Brown, you can say like, there's just no way where you could write this down. So they want to be able to like suspend and fire people because, as stupid as this sounds to us, I'm sure there's a lot of support for this Pesca guy getting fired, right? I'm, I'm assuming it's not right. like, 
And if it depends on which part of the Twitter world you land oh, in, right? Yeah. Because if you go on one side, you're going to see nothing but a long series of people saying, well, it's a weird hill to die on. This guy who just wants to say the N-word or talk about saying the N-word. Why would he throw right. his career away for that? What a moron. Right. And there's no, there's not even the, the slightest hint of like, wait, this is kind of fucking stupid, right? right? This is absurd. Yeah. And then, but, but then you go to the other side, you go to the anti-woke Twitter, and it's just a long parade of people bemoaning the fact that uh, the discourse is fucked and, and right. nobody's going to be allowed to say anything. So yeah, both opinions exist. They're not in conversation with each other whatsoever. Yeah. And I can't, it's to the point where I can't even imagine, like, who would come on and talk to me about this? Like, it's, is is that a conversation that people can have? Because apparently it's not a conversation that can't people can't even have it on have. Slack. <laughs> you can't right. You cannot even have a conversation about having the conversation on right. Slack, right? In your workplace chat at a at a website that is devoted to talking about the politics and culture of the day. Right. right. Yeah. That is odd. It's it's very strange. I want to play a clip from Louis C.K., which is enough to get me canceled uh, four times again. But this is from a few years ago, and it is oddly predictive of what's happening here, but not in a way that he meant the joke, which is, is why I'm, I'm going to play it. It's prescient, but it's like accidentally prescient, okay. and it's, it's prescient backwards. But anyway, here we go. Every, everybody has different words that offend them, different things that they hear that they get offended by. I, to me, the thing that offends me the most is every time that I hear the N-word. Not nigger, by the way. I mean, the N-word. Literally, whenever a white lady on CNN with nice hair says the N-word, that's just white people getting away with saying nigger. That's all that is. They found a way to say nigger. N-word. It's bullshit, because when you say the N-word, you put the word nigger in the listener's head. That's what saying a word is. You say the N-word and I go, oh, she means nigger. You're making me say it in my head. Why don't you fucking say it instead and take responsibility for the shitty words you want to say? By the way, great, great clip. Um, that's going to be the next casualty, right? Because like every time they have referred to the N-word, you're doing the conversion in your head, right? Everyone that's is doing this. That's why I'm playing the clip. Right. Is that, so, this is, but then, so the joke that Louis C.K. is making is now the standard. But it's not the standard because there's three references to N-word here. So like in the future, when this becomes an actual casualty, how will we refer to the word? Just the word? The Like... Because no matter what, you have to convey as the writer the word, right? Abe, so you're, you're, you're confused again. You're forgetting that at some point in the relatively near future, we will all be perfectly evolved, fully enlightened <laughs> beings right. with no need to have these sorts of discussions whatsoever. We but will have gone past language even, <laughs> and we will just stand here looking at each other wide-eyed, communing with our just various nodding. energies and not having to worry about anything that is said or unsaid. That sounds pleasant. You don't have to use your mouth to speak. But yeah, I, I mean, as ridiculous as it sounds, the next, yeah, you, you saying the N word, you know what, the, I mean, there's a few, like, there's a few F letter words. So sometimes like, which one do you mean? And the P word, which one do you mean? But like the N word is pretty straightforward. And so what is going to be the next thing? Just 
maybe you're right. It'll be a utopia. But there'll always be some country singer that's drunkenly saying it. No, they've been hateful long enough. Yeah. <laughs> They're done. And like I said at the start of this, it's not something that I want to talk about. And and for me to even say, because I don't, I have never used the word in in the bad context. It's never occurred to me to right. use the word in the bad right. context. I've never thought it. In, like I and I, I shouldn't even have to say that, right. but I've never thought it in the, but the in idea, the bad right. context. But it's basically inextricably linked. You are white, therefore you must harbor some racist thoughts when that word comes about. There's no other explanation, right? That must be the thinking behind this kind of way of thinking. Or there's no context in which you could say it because it, the context is just an, a, a convenient excuse for you to say it. Right, right. That's and like, even that, even but what's insane is that if you take everything about that as as fine, right, it's still not good enough, right? Right, because now even me wanting to have the conversation about the conversation is enough to get me right. uh, suspended from my podcast. Apparently, right. You won't be suspended today, but like I said, in the future when we become famous, they're gonna go back back in 2021 when people were dying of COVID. Bob thought it was to blah blah blah, and then you know. You'll, no, be, you'll, you'll be just delete can. that episode. <laughs> you can't delete anything on the internet. <laughs> Except this right. episode, so, too, right. obviously. That's what's, because... that's what's funny, Abe, is th- that's a really good point you made about while, while 500,000 people are dying of COVID, this is what he chooses to focus on. Right. So I must secretly be harboring all of these evil <laughs> ideas. That's because right. what I really want to be doing, despite the fact that I've never done it, right? what right. I really want to be doing is transgressing in that way because of some sort of in, inborn hatred in me. Right. And, and when that time happens, I will, like Ted Cruz does with his daughters, I'm going to throw you under the bus and say, I, uh, I didn't know. I just came to this country. And uh, he started saying those things. <laughs> I don't even speak the language. <laughs> I would just nod. And <laughs> You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. Find the show on Facebook or Twitter. Let's go to brainiron.com. That's the best way to find us. I even blogged this week. Oh. Even threw up a short blog over the weekend about something that we watched, which was very popular. It was the most watched new show on Netflix last week. It was called Crime Scene. What's this one about? It's a tr- crime. You didn't read my blog? Is that what you're telling me? It didn't pop I up on my Facebook either, I was in the Bob. process of reading your blog. No, I, mine actually didn't show up so oh no maybe it did yeah i didn't well, get well, a, a it definitely didn't show up again well after last week you know all those terrible words that i uttered i'm not surprised that facebook is deprioritizing my content <laughs> that's right <laughs> anyway i wrote a blog go check it out brainiron.com it's about a show that you shouldn't watch and why that show sucks the opening and closing themes of the show were composed by mark gillig what else did we watch? We watched that threesome movie. We watched a movie that was a documentary about a couple that decides to not be just a couple anymore and like date other people. Did it what work out well? H- I think it's that was on HBO. HBO. It's called oh. There's No I in Threesome. And it's good. That oh. yeah, was good. It's uh it's Don't worth, say anything else about it. It's worth watching. Yeah. I won't I won't say whether I liked it or I didn't like it, but I will say it's worth watching. I'll get around to it. Abe, uh, you got anything else for us tonight? Nope. Well, I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then. And we will talk to you next time. Later. Later.
episode of The Buffer. Although the only part that Lori caught was when asking at, if someone is a butterface or a dime piece. <laughs> yeah. oh, Black cool. Mike, Mike, cool. Ma- Black Hi. Mike is Black Mike is going like. Uh, yeah, but would you? <laughs> it's like the worst moment of the entire history of the buffer from a should my wife hear this perspective. And it was like the moment that Lori walked into the Also, I'm I'm pretty cool when it comes to like degradation of women right. generally. Right. Like I'm I mean, not how a, else could you have married me? Yeah. I'm not like a a prude or weirdo or extra sensitive about it. Right. But like, wow, okay yeah. guys. Yeah. Lots of women in the room you're in, I can right. tell. There weren't any. I, I keep know. waiting for I keep waiting for the episode of the buffer that's like uh where one of the wives is there and everything right. is like entirely <laughs> different. Uh. So what do you guys want to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else do I want to talk about? Day. Let's see. Let's not talk about Steve Schmidt. What did he even? do? Ah, he's just... He turned himself into the victim out of the whole Project Lincoln thing by talking about how a camp counselor once touched his pee-pee. And what, is Steve Schmidt... I, I thought the other guy was sh- showing his dick pics or whatever, right? The other guy. Like, is Steve Schmidt also doing things? Steve Schmidt took that guy's shittiness... And turned it around into him being re-victimized by that guy's shittiness because of something that allegedly happened to him when he was 13 years old. And a camp counselor touched his pee-pee when he was applying calamine lotion to a mosquito bite or something. Uh, but let's not. It's just, <laughs> it's too much. Boy, Lincoln would be turning on his grave, right? They've ruined the name, those Lincoln Project people. Seriously. Uh, now let me hurt some feelings while i have a minute the trick to doing a good accent from oh, somebody tell us, Bob, <laughs> what the trick is. One. no <laughs> I would be better if it was, in fact, state-owned, rather than this weird, synergistic bullshit. This is, sadly, a product of a socialist government. Not 